0: Chicago's home for sports on Instagram at ESPN underscore Chicago. This is ESPN 1000.
1: It's week 10 of the NFL. The Bears have the bye week. If you want to talk more football, jump on in. 312-332-3776. Want to get to some Bulls stuff because... Ryan, the way the Bulls started this year, uh, people that haven't watched the Bulls in a few years um, decided, hey, these guys are actually fun to watch. And they've gone back to the games. They knocked off the Nets. They knocked off uh, Doncic and the Mavs. And everything was looking good for the five-game trip. And then Vooch comes down uh, with COVID. He's on the COVID list and can't make the the trip for the five game west coast swing and we saw what happens with, without a big guy they didn't have a lot of rebounding to start with but without Vooch we saw what happens um to them when they played the warriors the other night
2: yeah i mean they just start paying extra close attention to to Zach and DeMar and and you know someone else has got to beat us and by the way you know who saw the the golden state come back to 11 and 1 and looking like they turned back the clock a few years right yeah. Yeah, um, but the East is more than respectable, and it, you know the Bulls are certainly among the surprises in the East. But it, it's great to hear Alex Caruso talk about how everyone gets along on this team, and that's in his eyes a big part of it. I mean, obviously Lonzo Bar Alonzo Ball playing defense and shooting forty plus percent from three, and and you know having a legit point guard goes a long way to helping you win games and getting pressure off Zach Levine by by doing the roster turnover that. This front office is done, but um, Alex Caruso said, you know, you like coming, you like being on the road, you like going to practice. There's not, he said, there's not a guy on this team. You, you don't want to see on a day-to-day basis. And so, you know, they're, they're just maybe young enough and, and having enough fun to not realize that uh, sure. they're not maybe as good as the record right now. But as you said, if, Man, it's fun to watch, given what we've
1: watched the last five, six, seven, ten years. Well, and the one play that probably everybody saw from the other day from the Mavericks game, when uh, Caruso came, intercepted the ball behind, uh, down under the basket, was on his back, flipped it to Lonzo Ball, and Ball throws a, just a, a perfect strike to Levine stre- uh, streaking to the basket for a slam dunk. I mean, we haven't seen those things since the days of Derrick Rose back in the day. We haven't been that excited watching fast-break basketball for a long time. And these guys get up and down the floor. Caruso's fun to watch. I have my hand up in the air. I tell people all the time, I said, if you want NBA talk, you've got – jay hood and you've got waddle and sylvie you've got black and Abdallah. i watch the bulls i don't watch the rest of the nba but i watch the bulls games and when i knew lonzo ball was coming here i said oh come on Is there... he's i was wrong that was a perfect guy to yep, get here me too i, oh I really God.
2: wondered if it was going to be worth it and it's more than worth it and and caruso being among the league leaders in steals yep so now you like you said the balls are going the other way on the brakes and it's just not this plotting kind of, you know, the ball getting stuck around the uh, perimeter and, you know, Zach is going to be the only one shooting at the final few seconds of the shot clock. There's actually, I mean, rhythm, fun, movement. And I know Billy Donovan said with Vucevic out, they had to have more of that. I mean, that yeah. that Zach and, and DeMar DeRozan are probably putting a little bit more pressure on themselves that they got to be the guys. and you know, that Billy Donovan wants to see that ball moving around to some guys that uh, the defense is not paying much attention to.
1: They were actually playing well in the first half. They had a 10 point lead first yeah. quarter, uh, late first quarter, early second quarter. And uh, at the first half, and they did this in the first half. DeRozan shot one for six and Ball shot one for eight. So they weren't doing very well. And uh, Zach came out firing and was doing well. And then all of a sudden
2: he hit, you know, they they switched up and decided to make him the priority. And, his numbers went
1: south. Yeah, Billy Donovan after the game talked about what the Warriors did basically to Zach Levine.
3: Zach, I think, was really trying to play the right way. He was throwing it to the pocket. He kind of gave himself up for the team, but then I think it gets to a point as a player, you sit there and say, you know what, like, I got to try to make things, I got to do something. I think he could have done a little bit more. I thought he got caught on the baseline too much playing on the baseline, which is always, I think, a very difficult spot to play from because the defense is always able to pull over, and we had, like, three or four possessions. It wasn't just Zach. There were several guys in our team that were on the baseline that led to turnovers, stepping out of bounds, throwing the ball out. Like we got to be able to play in the middle of the floor a little bit more. And, you know, I think for Zach and DeMar, you know, certainly with Vooch being a center and not here, they're going to have to understand there's going to have to be even more sacrifice in terms of moving and cutting and trusting the pass and moving the ball. And a lot of times it's going to end up in someone else's hands. Like I thought Io came in, made a couple mistakes to start the game, kind of re- you know, regrouped and, you know, made two big threes, you know, especially when they were boxing one and um, we're going to have to trust the pass. We're going to have to trust each other in that situation. I think I mentioned before the game about, you know, we've got to try to generate good shots and, you know, DeMar I thought got to his spots tonight, just didn't make shots like he normally has done from that area of the floor. Zach, I thought was relatively hot. He started off really, really well. But if a team is going to sell out to take somebody away like that, We're going to have to be able to say, you know what, this is what it is. I'm going to have to going to have to do this.
1: Yeah, he brought up a great point too because I was critical of Zach during that game, and it was really hard to do because he was shooting the ball pretty well. He had seven turnovers, and and a lot of it was maybe him trying to do too much and not getting the ball to the other guys because they were double teaming him. And he mentioned it, and I read it in articles too. And it's so great because when you know when I'm a young kid playing basketball at you know at the Cicero Stadium or at Our Lady of the Mount Grade School, um, you know the other team comes in with a star player and and you. play the box and one. And yeah. so it's great listening to a, an, an NBA coach talking about the defense that they were playing, playing a box and one, and they making sure that they, they always have uh, Zach doubled, uh, and he was. And I know he was trying to do a lot on his own. That's one of the reasons for the turnovers. Hopefully, when they play tonight, they get the Clippers tonight and the Lakers tomorrow so they don't have to go very far. They're in the same building the next two nights. Yeah,
2: they practice at USC, which is about a mile and a half, two miles from the Staples Center. Um and isn't it refreshing to hear Billy Donovan? It's great. I mean, it really and is. It, and not only to hear a guy who who knows basketball and but just you have confidence in that guy, right? And and if you're a player why wouldn't you? He's won everywhere he's gone. But, you know, the the people, the Jim Jim Boylan's and Vinny Del Negro's and two Jim Boylans. You know, he went yeah. back to the wall and Jim Boylan. Um just to hear that instead of the guy who's gonna call a timeout with, you know, twenty four seconds left in the game just to really tick off the veterans. I mean, it is so great to hear that guy. And and last year he was talking about a team had to figure out how they want, you know, they keep talking about wanting to win, but they have to figure out how to win and right. what it takes. Well, now you brought in some winners, right? And it's changed the entire face of this team and the approach and The whole product. I mean, it's now you you look forward to the next Bulls game instead of saying, "Oh, I got to watch this because it's my job." I mean, it's fun, and 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 if they're enjoying it, that that's even you know more uh, more of a benefit, a plus for a team. Winning covers up a lot of things, but I mean, the fact that they seemingly are a close group and a likable group. That makes winning even more fun for fans, right?
1: Yeah, there's no doubt. Your thoughts on the Bulls as they uh, play game two of their uh, West Coast trip used to be the circus trip back in the day as uh, the uh, circus would come to the old stadium and then to the United Center. And uh, now it's just the West Coast trip. They've got the Clippers tonight, the Lakers on Monday, then Wednesday, Portland, and is it Friday or Saturday? They play against Denver. So they're, they're going to be without Vooch the whole time. And you got Tony Bradley starting in the middle. And that makes it difficult. He's, he's a young guy. He's still kind of, you know, he's not great at that position. He looks pretty awkward when he gets the ball, at, even at times. And um, it's difficult because you need him to get the ball and you need your guards to rebound because they, they got beat on the rebounding the other day by uh, Golden State, 47-38. And then it doesn't matter how much you cover Steph Curry he's going to hit the shots. He can just step back another three feet. Unbelievable. I'm watching the game, and I posted you know how how good Steph Curry was, and some guy said, he goes, is this the first time you've seen him? And I said, (laughs) no, but, I mean, it actually was going through my head. And, Tyler, I want to get your response. It It was actually going through my head when I was watching him. Is he as good as Michael Jordan was? Because when he's playing the Whoa. game, I know, I'm not saying he's better than Michael Jordan, and I, but when Jordan well, they're was... they're different play, players, right? I know, I they're mean, completely different players, and, you know, shorter and everything else like that, but when he's on the floor... He,
4: well, it's the takeover factor, right?
1: Just the way that he
4: can single-handedly... Yeah. Make it look easy yeah, while he's doing it, it too. too. Right, exactly, it's that. Now, Jordan was a much better defender than Steph yeah. is right. right now, and that's obviously one of the big differences, but... I mean Steph's going to probably go down as one of the 10 greatest players of all time. And shooters. And well, oh, he is the yes. best shooter of all time and right. the way that he has revolutionized the way that people play basketball and the next generation is going to look like a lot of Stephs yeah. because of what he did. When you look hey, at Hey, how's
2: that Bahamian Steph Curry? Uh, who is- <laughs> how's he doing?
4: <laughs> he's got a he's got some work to do. Um, okay. he's not quite there. He's more of a JJ Redick type. <laughs> um right. but- oh, boy. Wow. There's a gap. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Hey,
2: J.J.'s banked a lot of money in a long career. He did, yeah. he did.
4: And now he's going back to to ESPN. By the way, did you guys see someone asked Jay Billis, now that uh, J.J. Redick is at ESPN, somebody asked Jay Billis, for Coach K's final season, would you be interested in doing, like, you know how the college football playoff has the mega cast? Yeah. Would you be interested in doing a Duke cast where it's you, Jay Williams, and J.J. Redick? And I nearly projectile vomited everywhere. (laughs)
1: Okay, As a you get, Syracuse guy, of course you would. Could you it get
2: Wojo? you know, he's got time on his hands. After yeah flaming out at Marquette.
1: Help. Yeah, well, you know, you been you were waiting for that, right?
2: <laughs> I was it was a little a little past uh, due, but yeah. uh yeah, yeah. Shaka's going in the right direction, sure is. <laughs>
1: And college basketball is such a weird sport early because you get either complete mismatches. Oh, I or I mean, some of these, you're like, is that a school or yeah. is that a club team? I mean, it's like. The first
2: two weeks, you beg for Michigan, Texas, or whatever, Michigan State, Texas, or whatever, and then you get 90% of the hyphen schools and directional schools, right?
1: Yeah, and you get all that, and I know Tyler's a huge college basketball guy, and Tyler, you'll have great games, and like Tuesday's games. They always have those great games on their first Tuesday. Right, the Champions Classic, yeah. Right, and they had that, and then you saw on Friday night, it was UCLA-Villanova. Which yeah. they made us wait for, for right,
4: exactly. I mean, if you're a Villanova fan out on the East Coast, that game didn't start till eleven thirty. Yeah,
1: wow, yeah, <laughs> it was crazy. I'm watching that's it. And I said, for the okay, West Coast. That's uh, an eight thirty uh, local. You know, tip. A lot
2: of people still working at home, so they can they can.
1: I guess they don't, have to be the they don't have to go anywhere. Right. But yeah, the, the college basketball is such a strange. And then once it gets into it, I mean, it's fun, but some of the mismatches and all the other, uh, games that you see early in the season are difficult. Three, one, two, three, three, two, three, seven, seven, six. The bulls play tonight. The bulls play tomorrow night. Are you looking more forward to what's the edit, what the NFL is doing in the next two days and the full slate of NFL games today and the Monday night game tomorrow or the Bulls the next two nights. They're at the Clippers. They're at the Lakers. And see how they do it if they change things up with uh Vooch out now that they've had one game under their belt without him. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. We're gonna talk about that. We're also gonna talk about Scotty pippin and just wonder why what are you doing we'll talk a little bit about that we'll hear some sound from him which you'll just shake your head about 312-332-3776 on ESPN 1000 ESPN 1000
0: Chicago's home for sports Chicago's home for sports on Twitter at ESPN 1000
1: i got to tell you, Brian, in that commercial break, we heard um, Brent Musburger talking about uh, Circa Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. And if you have Sirius Satellite and you have the NFL, he calls the Raiders games. He sure does. He's 82 years old. Sounds great. Oh, my God. He sounds good as ever.
2: I heard it uh, last week. It was two weeks I was in the car. I was on the NFL red zone series yeah. whatever and they kept going to the the raiders call you know team and he just sounds like it's 40 years ago
5: yeah
1: it's amazing he sounds as good as ever and obviously it's radio we can't tell if he's missing a guy here or missing a play here but he sounds tremendous mm, absolutely Pro's yeah. pro eighty two years old and uh just an unbelievable guy he's not the, his his history is so- ri- ridiculous and because he's not in the national spotlight anymore, you don't think about him as you know one of the one of the greats and all that stuff plus he you didn't think it was a great play by play guy because he was more of a studio guy all the time when we were, when we saw him the c b you know the um NFL today and all that yeah. kind of stuff yeah but um he's he uh, he, pioneered that Yep, right? yeah uh, doing now a great need, job. Now,
2: now you need ten guys, and and for
1: each oh, for or half easy, easily. Easily.
2: I mean, what, I, what? And you know, you got to be out there on your little half field and confetti and cannons and stupid <sighs> graphics and cartoon. <laughs> crap.
1: I know. I it's know. Awful.
2: I mean, I can't stomach any of
1: it. No, I have a yeah. hard time. I used to do pregame shows on radio, and people say, "Well, do you watch the pregame so show on TV?" I said, "No, I never. I don't like watching."
2: TV. You do need 10 different I, guys sitting around, you yeah.
1: know. Usually, usually by by two hours before the game, you know, unless there's breaking news, I know everything that's going on. Oh, by the way, there is semi-breaking news. Carson Wentz, his wife is expecting, I guess, any day now. And they said even if she goes into labor, he's still going to play. And he's still going to hmm. play next week if, even if she goes into labor. I don't know what number child this is. I wouldn't think it's one. I got um,
2: news sir. Dustin Rhodes is applauding this right now. Oh, so, yeah. Oh yeah, okay. he, he never understood <laughs> guys missing games for.
1: Yeah, I know.
2: <laughs> feet at the hospital.
1: Yeah, so uh, he's going to he's going to play, and hey, there may be many Colts fans that say, "Please don't." Um, after <laughs> what he's, <laughs> he's done the last, last yeah, weeks. The last <laughs> couple of weeks. Uh, we were talking Bulls. Let's go to
6: Westchester and Brandon. You're on ESPN 1000. Hey, Brandon. up, so guys, hey, just let me say this, guys. This is the one game that Golden State game on this road trip where Bradley shouldn't even play. You should have just go small on Golden State. There is no shot blocker. When you, when you look at it, he keeps sending him up for a pick that Zach and uh, and, and uh, the Rose and don't need, and they're not even respecting him because they know he's not going to pull up and take the three-point shot. You looked at Draymond Green. He, wasn't, he kept guarding both of those guys, and they were doubling because they knew Bradley wasn't going to even take the shot. Then mm-hmm. Billy Donovan starts him in the third quarter and takes him out real, real quick once he saw it again and you don't see Bradley anymore. Just like tonight, let A.D. get 50. Go small. Don't even start Bradley in this game because, for the simple fact, you need at least Vucevic, they respect that he's going to take the three. So they at least go back out there and go get him. And this is one thing we really, really miss Kobe White. Somebody's going to get some minutes took because we need a guy that not only can hit the three, but Kobe White could get his own shot. That's what we was missing in the Golden State game. They was leaving those other guys wide open at the three because they know they couldn't hit it mm-hmm. and they wouldn't take it. And you got to look at Donovan. He's not making certain adjustment, guys. And Like I said, Kobe White is going to make a huge difference when he's come back. We just got to fire. Donovan got to fire him the minutes. Somebody minutes are going to be cut. And, and Donovan needs to fire the guy. The key is he gets his own shot. He doesn't need their help. And uh, that was one more thing that I forgot, guys, but it away that's okay Brandon we appreciate it hey, and, That's and, a lot there
1: yeah you know, it, it is and um he's right about Kobe white I mean they've been talking about him when he when he will come back I think it's I don't know if it's gonna be on this trip
4: they said the window is gonna open up for tomorrow okay. against uh the Lakers that okay could, that's the first day he could probably come back
1: yeah I think that some of his minutes, he may he may cut into some of iO's minutes don't you think
4: yeah I mean I O the way that Billy Donovan talked about it, he's just going to stick with ten guys, which is a lot. Yeah. But what has I O Dasumu done to to prove that he doesn't deserve to be out there? I mean, he's, well, he's for pretty- a, a second round pick to go out there and play the way that he's played offensively, defensively. It's very tough to to ration out some of these minutes and. Listen, Kobe's not a good defensive player. He's an offensive right. sort of microwave guy, yeah And you need that spark off the bench from time to time. Like you'll find games where a guy like Kobe White's going to win you a game, but at the end of the day, this team has been so good on the defensive side of the ball that
1: you're going to need guys like IO to go out there and keep up that defensive yeah. continuity. Yeah, between IO and Caruso, you got guys who are just run all over the place. And, and I've heard numerous people say Zach has started to play some defense. So he wasn't, that wasn't his strong point, but you know, when everybody else is playing some defense, you don't want to be the only guy out there not doing it. One more. I want to play one more Billy Donovan cut because he talked about the next
3: steps in uh, Levine's development. Any great player that I've been around always tries to take matters in their own hands. And I always kind of respect that. And I think Zach was trying to win. You know, I really don't fault him in any way because he was really making the right play, but the right play was not leading to points. And it was like, okay, I, I got, I got to try to do something. And, you know, and with his greatness, I mean, he even made some tough shots late when the game was kind of, you know, away from us. We weren't going to probably be able to get back in. He made some shots, but he can't do that for 36 minutes a night and expect us to win. Like, I think he's started to do that for early portions of his career. So it's not going to work. And listen, we all got to work together a little bit better. And, you know, they, they made a very, very, uh, conscientious effort to double-team him all over the place. They made a conscientious effort to really go after DeMar, and they really made a conscious effort say, okay, you know what, these two guys are not beating us. You guys are going have to beat us somewhere else. And and
1: they did just by throwing threes up all night long. I mean, well, and the Warriors did, but the, the, right. the Bulls tried. And uh, I, you know, Billy Donovan's very interesting there. Um, he he's right. I was wrong the other day because like I said, I criticized Zach, but he was trying to do too much. That's probably one of the reasons for his seven turnovers because he was hot early and then he was yeah. hot late. When I what, was he come wondering out four,
2: four or six yeah. or whatever, ten points in the first quarter. Yeah. And-
1: he was Third off to a quarter, real nice start. Apart, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but without Vooch, without him in the middle, it makes it really difficult on, on how that's you know, going to play out. But the out. good
2: news is when Vooch is in there, you're seeing what they hoped to have seen last year. Right. You know, when, when they made that trade, the idea was to get Zach help but also be a playoff team, and it obviously didn't happen. But to see this come together as quickly as it has, seemingly has this, this year so far, it's you know these other problems are fixable. Right. I mean, it's still a long season, so I have full faith that Billy Donovan, and that coaching staff, will figure it out. I mean, it's great to see a guy like White, who we're talking about, where, you know, where's the minutes and rolls when he comes back, when they shoehorn him as a point guard. And then that just completely screwed the kid up. Right. Yeah. It's all, you know, the kid could score. And now he's trying to run an offense And it was a disaster for him and for the team for the most part.
1: Yeah, a tremendous scorer. And um, so, I mean, was he like the leading scorer in in, uh, North North Carolina Carolina high school? Yep. Yeah. And, um, yeah, we saw that, too. And and as, um, Tyler, you knew there was a guy that used to play for Detroit that was named Microwave, right? Did you know that? Let me guess. Joe Dumars? No. No. Vinny? Vinny Johnson. Yeah, yeah, he was called. He heated up. He was like the they don't, He was like the first guy I would think ever. I, I mean, think microwaves were new back then. I was, was going to say because they couldn't. <laughs> you know, they weren't naming Bob Coozie the microwave for a lot of reasons. But there wasn't. There was no idea yeah. about a now, microwave now, back then.
2: Yeah. White's now an air fryer.
1: Yes. Yeah. Probably. He, he's he's the uh, the ninja foodie or something like that. You got to call the him ninja that. foodie.
2: <laughs> so he'll cook it, roast it about yeah,
1: five minutes. He'll, he'll cook it, you, roast you, and you, it will also uh, you know it will brown it a little bit too. Because hey. I've got one at home. It crisps. It does all I that know. stuff.
2: Is it? It,
1: yeah. at least that's what it says. I have not tried it. I've had it for like 2 years. It's still sitting now. there. I, I got to on try one of these days, days like
2: today with the you, know, know. you really do want to go out and grill and last night I'm out I there doing steaks and yeah. the the Canadian Clipper or whatever the hell was coming through and it dropped about 20 degrees, not that it started off all that warm. No. I mean, you put put a roasted, you know, I know. chicken in that air fryer thing and it's uh, I can't do a good as good a job on the grill. as That thing crisps yeah. and browns it, I'm telling you.
1: I know. It's just intimidating. The one I have is the one I have is about it's bigger than a basketball it looks the size of a beach ball and it's about you, 50 pounds too oh yeah and when you lift yeah. the lid yeah. you can't have it underneath any of the cabinets because when you no. lift the lid it, it's about two and a half feet high well, i the, just yeah, i'm, I'm the, intimidated by
2: it well the lids also are, mine is a pressure cooker yeah, mine so too about, yep yeah and so yeah and the, if you take the lid off which you can that's about 15 pounds yes yeah. but i'm telling you it's for Christmas. It's well worth the investment. Don't be intimidated by it. Start just with simple stuff, and you're going to have nice do. winter meals. So, yeah. I mean, I'm telling
1: you, that's what I have to do. I'll start with like chicken nuggets or something like that. I mean, they give you if they the give you them. the
2: book. It couldn't be easier. It was like one well, pound chicken nuggets. Here's the time and here's the temperature, and you know, set it and you're yeah. done.
1: I, I, I heard th- you could do really good wings.
4: Yeah, stuff, yeah, terrific. Wings. They, they uh, I mean, terrific
2: tremendous, wings,
1: tremendous wings, and all that stuff. Oh. So I'll I'll have to try it.
2: Use fresh wings though. Don't don't be going get the frozen wings. Go, go fresh over wings, to the, huh? Yeah. Go to the butcher. Yeah, get and the fresh wings. they've already. You know, buffalo or BBQ, whatever they've seasoned them. Oh, since they've
1: already done it, so you don't have yeah. to season it either.
2: Yeah. You're making the big coin; you can afford. It.
1: Yeah, right. Yeah,
2: everything's costing. I mean, the one. you go to the grocery store now and see that you know ground beef went up about
1: threefold in the last year, right? I know, I know. Well, you know, and then you, have, you know, I'm a big chili. Oh, you guy. eat out all the time. I do, but I'm a big chili guy too. I make chili. I probably make chili four or five times a year. Um, and I still have a little bit left from like a week ago when I made it. And it's, it's, it's great. And for me, make a big pot of chili. It's like four meals. You know, or, you know, however many I decide to eat. Sometimes it's just two days because I get really hungry. And then i don't leave the house for a while. Um, yeah. Thank God. If you had all that chili, no yeah. one wants you to leave the no. house for a while. No. You um, probably can't
2: leave the house for a you're while. You're right.
1: You probably can't. Um, we come back. I know I've been teasing uh, Scotty Pippen like he's been. Is he still unhappy? Yeah, he is. Ever since earlier in the week, he's been unhappy. When he met, he was on. We've got a soundbite here with him on Kelly and Ryan. On ABC, we've got a sound. Are you by- allowed to be unhappy on that show? I, I don't know. I, it's saccharine. I mean, you, it's like well, you, you I guess you're allowed to be tall because they're about five foot three each yeah. of them, and mm-hmm. um, they both could use a sandwich. But um, <laughs> Scotty was out with them, and then there's a chunk with him from uh with Michael Strahan, but Stephen A. Smith, who I I work for ESPN, I don't watch First Take. But he had a very interesting thing as Kendrick Perkins was talking and standing up for Scotty. Stephen A. had a really good spin on the whole thing. So we'll hear from some of that stuff. We'll talk to you 312-332-3776. Hanley and Hubner on ESPN 1000.
0: Follow Chicago's Home for Sports
1: on Facebook at ESPN Chicago. This is ESPN 1000. Okay, if you're a Bulls fan, especially from uh, the good old days with Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, can't forget Stacey King, Bill Wennington, Will Purdue, all those guys, you know, and then Harp, Rodman, all that stuff. We saw a lot of it with the Last Dance uh, last year while we were watching and uh, sitting at home during COVID, um, and Scottie Pippen was none too happy about it. Because he did some stupid things in his career. Let's be honest. Um, and and the, the whole thing with Tony Kukoc still. I w- back in the day, Brian, I was such a big Tony Kukoc fan. I would have arguments with a guy I used to work with at the other station. Me and Tommy Williams would go at it on a nightly <laughs> basis because he was pro Scotty Pippen. I was pro Tony Kukoc. And uh, we'd go back and forth all, you know. and Yeah, and Scotty always held it against.
2: Tony because yeah. he knew how much Tony was getting paid because Jerry Krause, you know, went across the pond to get him and right. was like, hey, where's mine? Yeah. It, the, the player just, you know, took what he could get, and, but he took it out on the player, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. And- to the point where they nicknamed him Pepe Le Pew. <laughs> yes. You know, because yeah. like a lot of Europeans, he, you know, didn't, a daily shower wasn't necessarily on his schedule after a
1: game. So, right.
2: so I mean, yeah. yeah. They, they, unlike this Bulls team, they weren't apparently – all together and happy to see each other each day.
1: No, apparently. And, I, and you knew that going in, when Coach first came here, both Michael and Scotty basically froze him out. Correct. They didn't, because Kraus brought him in, they didn't give him the opportunities, and they finally did, and they realized, hey, this guy's pretty good. And uh, he just went into the Basketball Hall of Fame, which was nice to see. Uh, Until still, he showed up for that. Yeah, still lives in the area, uh, plays golf all the time, uh, so it was nice to see. But this week... Uh, Scotty's got a book coming out, and he's made the rounds. He was also on SiriusXM NBA Radio with Frank Isola, who usually will get into you know in depth things about with people. But I was listening to Crosstalk Unhinged and Yurko... Was just saying when he listened to this, he was just wondering when the baby oil was going to come out because totally. it was like he needed to give him a massage or something because he said Frank was really easy on Scotty Pippen. And they that's talk-
2: not Frank's style. No. I, mean, I, I not covered at all. the Bulls back in the day when he was covering the Knicks and yeah. we had a few post game pops and great guy. And, <laughs> yeah, and the, oh, he's how, a great guy. Tough, tough
1: guy, yeah. yeah. Mean, but he had Scotty sitting there next to him and they were talking about the bad back that Scotty had that prevented him from playing the game seven against the flu game or whatever game it was that Michael Jordan had. This is just a chunk of that.
5: I wouldn't have played in a game seven. I just wasn't able to go. I mean, I knew on Saturday that, you know, I probably had one game left in me. And the start of that game, I got a dunk early in the game and got banged a little bit by Malone. And that really put me back on my heels throughout that whole game where I was running back in the locker room, cortisone, zone, whatever kind of... Medication I could get in me, heat, pack, whatever, to try to carry on. But uh, I definitely was not able to uh, play a Game 7. And and you know the way it works with us in the media. When Michael Jordan would get sick in a playoff game, we
2: make it seem like he came from his hospital bed with IV stuck in his arm. he's in the (laughs)
3: book.
2: And he has these great accomplishments. But for you, that is pretty remarkable
4: what you did. Again, I'm not saying you're doing it for people to give you credit, but do you feel that not enough was made of that moment? Cuz there you were playing hurt in a
5: deciding game against well, a great Utah Jazz. Team. Here's my breakdown on that. I'm going to ask you this. All right. Is it easier to play <laughs> with a herniated disc or to play with the flu? They always say the worst injury to have is a bad back. So, well, i don't I don't see many uh bad back games, but I do see <laughs> flu games flu come on so
1: that was Scotty and um on the on the crosstalk on hinge, you gotta listen to it because both Yurko and Waddle are guys that play athletes that played sports at a high level in the National Football League, and when Scotty says cortisone, you don't get a cortisone shot in play. Because when you get a cortisone shot, it's like, okay, here, here's your cortisone shot. Sit down. You're not playing after a cortisone shot. So, you know, Yurko, who is the resident medical expert here at the station, uh, was calling NCSA, and said, I don't know what Scotty's talking about. And I, I think Scotty made up the cortisone. He just couldn't think of another, you know, painkiller that was uh, was shot into him at that time. It
2: wasn't, you know, like an epidural or anything, right?
1: Yeah, I don't know. But, you know, and, like, like I, I don't listen to first take. But I listened to a cut when Kendrick Perkins was going back and forth. Kendrick was standing behind Scotty, And Stephen A. Smith had a great response to Scotty comparing the bad back game with the flu game. Give it a listen.
0: He brings up the flu game. Compared to, now, that's Scottie Pippen right there hugging Michael Jordan, recognizing how sick Michael Jordan was and how depleted he was. That game that Michael Jordan had the flu. Why was it such a miraculous game in people's eyes? Because the brother dropped 38 and closed the deal. Whether it was food poisoning from a pizza, flu, or whatever you want to call it. He dropped 38. The bad bat game that Scottie Pippen had a year later. We appreciate his efforts. No doubt valiant. Far different than the flu. We get all of that. But he shot four of seven from the field. He scored eight points. Michael Jordan dropped 45 that game and carried them to a championship because Scottie Pippen could only play 25 minutes barely because his back was killing him that much. Very valiant, courageous effort on his part. Worthy of appreciation. But the brother ain't box office. That would be Michael Jordan. Why was the last dance what it was? Because that's box office. Why are we still talking about it? Why is it widely considered? Maybe the greatest thing ESPN has done on a documentary level, outside of you know, uh, uh, you know, OJ. Okay, this is the bottom line. It's it, you, you. It's about what resonates.
1: So that was Stephen A. And I loved this comparison. Him talking, yeah, what Scotty did was great. He went four of seven and scored eight points or whatever like that. He goes, Michael put up forty-five in that game.
2: Yeah. <laughs> so and, and you know, and I, I haven't read the book yet, but the criticism is, or people are pointing out that he's so fixated on Michael Jordan throughout the book yeah. that if he, if you didn't just certainly Jordan was going to be part of the the story. Right. Um, sure. But if he didn't make it mostly or a lot about Michael Jordan, it's not going to sell books. So we're still talking about box office, right? Yeah,
1: exactly. What sells if Scotty was not going to, if Scotty was going to do a whole book and not bring up Michael Jordan in the book, it's like, okay, well, that's fine. I'm not sure how many, you know, Randy Merkin's book would sell more than that. Um, should. Yeah, I, I agree. It probably should.
2: I'll, I can't wait to read it because <laughs> no. I'm sure there's some good stories. We, if we, yeah, we all have been on the other side of the glass when things were going. On yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, there's no doubt behind the glass. But you know, the other thing about Scottie Pippen and, and all the different things in his life. I mean, I remember just like Jerry Cross got Tony Kukoc and was going to, you know, make sure the whole world knew that he, you know, he found him when he first drafted Scottie Pippen. Right. Yeah. Krause made it he was a sleuth. No one else knew about it. But if you talk to Marty Blake at the time, who was the <clears throat> excuse me, the head of NBA Scouting. Right. He I talked to Marty Blake about it back in the day. He claimed he you know not only knew about Scottie Pippen, he wrote wrote up a whole report on him and sent that to every team in the league because that's what the head of the NBA Scouting combine did. Right. And so that Jerry Krauss wasn't the only guy who knew about Scottie Pippen. He was just the first able to to decide to take him or whatever. But so you get credit for that. But, you know, Scotty has always been a lightning rod for criticism, critique. I mean, and he's, he's kind of his own worst enemy because he, to this day, instead of celebrating all his accomplishments, you know, the basketball hall of fame twice as a team member and an individual, Olympic gold twice, you know, everything, all the championships. And he still wants to, he's embracing, being in the shadow of Michael Jordan. I mean, he's he's still living in it, you know? He, yeah. he can't break free from it.
1: Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with it. I mean, you know, and uh, no, all he's going to do is hurt his, his the way people see him.
2: Legacy, yeah. Yeah,
1: all he's going to do. Here's what he, <laughs> they asked him about his legacy. Listen to this. This is sad. How do you want to be remembered? <laughs> That's the greatest of all time. That's a great answer. <laughs> now, now he's he's kidding there, but you wonder how much of that is kidding.
2: Yeah, um, I, I I didn't really notice how much. I think he, that that answer was at the ready. Yeah, and and you know you should think highly of yourself, especially especially sure. with everything on his resume. Sure. But yeah. There's no doubt. No, you're yeah. really really good, and they won won all those championships without all your contributions. Right. And no one can demean that.
1: Yeah. That there's You're not a, the greatest of all time. There's another good cut here, but I want to go to Elmhurst and Kevin first. Kevin, what's going on? Hey guys, good morning, good afternoon, I guess. Morning, love your show, thanks.
0: Yeah, you know, I think the other thing you guys are, are hitting great points on the Scotty MJ thing, I, and I think the other thing, I know it was covered in the doc, but he wrote a book, and no one is talking to him about his sort of amazing personal story, yeah. how loyal he was to his parents and his father and his
2: yeah. family. I mean. You know, there's this great guy behind there that 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 now all he wants to talk about is the
1: petty stuff. It's really disappointing. Yeah, they had, like, um, so, he had like a, there was like 11 kids in his family.
3: Yeah, yeah, and yeah. his dad
1: his dad had a stroke at an early age, and that's why he took that bad contract. I mean, I know people kind of know about it, but no one's talking about it now, and no one nationally is asking about it. It's it's sad. Yeah, no, it really is, Kevin. It's it's, go- it's a really good point. He should go to the other points and about you know. Instead of trying to, you know, this pettiness with Michael Jordan, the whole thing's crazy. One other cut, and this is when he was on with the the, the short people, uh, Kelly and Brian. Uh, I mean, I watched the show. My girlfriend has this show on a lot when I'm over there, so I watch it. And I, I remember seeing Kelly Ripple when she was on. I used to watch soap operas with my wife all the time. Uh-huh. And he, she was on a soap opera. The very first time she was on a soap opera, she wore a T-shirt that was her own T-shirt. And they were on the set. They didn't realize till after the show aired that it, it was two stick people having sex oh boy. on her T-shirt. And that was the very first time she was on TV. She was like a 16-year-old or 17-year-old. I can't remember if it was all my children in General <laughs> Hospital. One of those two. But anyway, Kelly Ripa and, and, and uh, Rand Seacrest. And they had Pippin on and talked about uh, Michael Jordan, how, how uh, MJ texted him about the documentary. Give it a listen.
4: Michael sends you a text,
5: and in it, what does he say? And how long did you wait to reply? Uh, I didn't wait no time. I mean, I replied. I just pretty much said, I'll hit you up later. Uh, he just sent a text basically he said he heard that I was a little angry at him, mad at him.
2: And what did you, did you
5: speak? Yeah, we, we Tell did. us about they, that conversation. I mean, I basically said yes. So I felt like that there were things in the documentary that you were never a part of that 94 team that you shouldn't have put that in the documentary. Um, and I felt like that you should have uh, gave the team a little bit more credit instead of just yourself. What was his response to that? His response was I would be a little angry, too. Oh. Did he apologize? I don't know if it was considered an apology, no.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, you know, hopefully, like our caller mentioned, hopefully people that are interested in the book will read it to find out some of the other backstory about Scotty and the things that you may know a little bit about as opposed to some of this this pettiness. Now, the pettiness, obviously, is getting publicity for the book, and that's what everyone tries to do when they, they have a book out.
2: I thought it was odd that on the audio version of the book, it's Michael Jordan doing the narration.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, unguarded uh, as read by Michael Jordan. Yeah. (laughs) That would be good. (laughs) Uh, We come back. Just a little bit of baseball because we're almost out of time. We're here till 12 noon on ESPN 1000.
0: Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Instagram at ESPN underscore Chicago. This is ESPN 1000.
1: Before we talk a minute or two of baseball, let's go downtown and Ralph, 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 Hanley and Hubner. What's up?
6: Hey, thanks for taking my call, guys. Listen, I watched the Channel Eleven specials that I think it's the producer's name is Burns on, when he does baseball. Yep, Ken Burns. And uh, they had the story on about Mickey Mantle, and Mickey Mantle was crying in the. In the um, you know the club uh, clubhouse, and Moose Cowan walks, and he says, "Hey Mick, what are you crying about?" He says, "You know what? These people came to watch me play today, and I struck out three times. Now I have seen Mickey Mantle play, and most people know Mickey Mantle's numbers over the years were phenomenal. And him and Willie Mays both made a hundred thousand a year, top paid players in the '60s. Now those guys were ball players. Not only were they ball players, but they loved the game of baseball, and they weren't always crying about something." You know, these guys today, they cry about everything, and they get paid millions of dollars. I'll hang up
1: and listen. Thanks, Ralph. Appreciate it. You know, um, Brian, Tom Waddle said it years ago. He said social media is going to be the downfall of this country. <laughs> I don't know if he said that. He may have said, like, oh, all of ex- all of existence. <laughs> and he's right. Um, it's terrible. And nowadays, you know, a tweet here, a text here, an Instagram here get people in trouble, get people upset. The the petty jealousness, it's crazy. Um, yeah, I, I'm on Twitter because I work here. <laughs> Otherwise, I wouldn't be on that. I mean, because the the people that are on it, you know, it's there's so much bad stuff out there. Yeah, I
2: mean, ten percent might be positive. You know, yeah, something that. good, good yeah. with your family or right. heartwarming story. Someone yeah, has got healthy, and you know, thought whatever. Yeah, ninety percent of it's people just waiting to jump on you for yeah, whatever. I know, perceived ill. Um, the strikeouts, you know, back in the day. I mean, there there are guys who care now as right. much as as they did. Maybe yeah. it's you know not as legendary as Mickey Mantle crying because he struck out three times, but speaking of striking out. Um, Javier Baez, MLB.com did a uh, list of the the shortstop free agent class, right? Yeah. And we Cub fans, we all love Javier Baez, but there has been a decline both. offensively it's, you know, you can see that he had a great final month of the season, but overall the season, not so good. But even the defense has been on the decline. And, you know, he wows you with all those plays over the years and helps the Cubs win a championship and all that. But the uh, outs above replacement in 2019, he was plus 32 in 2020, the COVID shortened season, and he was struggling mightily offensively. Plus nine, and then this past season, plus three, and he still was struggling offensively until yep. he got high at the end. Yep. And he's early 30s now. So the point is that the top five of that list of 12 shortstops, he's firmly fifth, and it's like Corey Seeger and uh, Correa. Correa, yeah. Correa, like they're the top two, and then there's a huge gap till you get down to, to guys like Baez, and it'll be interesting. I, I still don't know officially what Jed offered him, Theo and Jed back in the day. Right. And, um, you know, they it seemed like they were close to signing a contract before last season. Then it didn't get signed. But Jed said this year he feels he sleeps well at night knowing what he offered Rizzo, Bryant, and, and Baez. Yeah, And um, I think Chris Bryant's probably going to get paid in San Francisco because they have a, a ton of flexibility. They have $48 million, which is basically what the Cubs have committed moving forward, right? To... So I think Chris Bryant will be fine, and both New York teams would probably be interested in him. But if the Mets aren't interested in meeting whatever Javi's asking price is, he might be – I've been saying he's going to – I think there's going to be a rude awakening for Javi when he sees what the marketplace really looks for when they look at his game in in totality right now these days.
1: Yeah, I agree with you on that. Uh, I have heard that – this may or may not surprise you. I know it's been in print this week that – their people have already talked to his agent, but I've heard that there's a good strong possibility that Carlos Correa signs with the Detroit Tigers because yeah. A.J. Their Hinch whole, is there. The yeah.
2: young class is ready to yeah. break out, right? They, yeah. they, they got uh, nice they, pitching. They, they played plus 500 baseball for the final three quarters of the season, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. And they feel like they're on the cusp of of this whole group kind of blossoming. And if you go out and get that guy, yeah. now you can start really thinking about the postseason. The, the, did you see this in the Tribune? We got
1: 40 uh, seconds.
2: Okay. I, we know the Cubs need pitching. Yeah. Cubs' fewest fastballs, 95 miles uh, an hour or more in Major League Baseball, 185 last season, 0.8%. The Brewers had
1: 3,031. Jeez. Wait, wait, Miley will help.
2: Yeah, and five of the top six teams with uh, with big arms who you know clock in in ninety five to hundred made the postseason. You got some work to do.
1: Yeah, they do. They picked up Wade Miley. Not a bad move, I don't think. No, it's they, fine. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. nice. That's a start. Thanks to Tyler Rocky for all of his help. Thanks to you for listening. Uh, we've got some football. We've got the Browns at Patriots right here coming up next. Thanks, Brian. Talk to you next week. All right, Fred on ESPN one thousand.